The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, AJ Applegarth. How's it going, man? It is going. It is going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> long day, long week. Yeah, Lots long, of, uh... long week's the right word, man. I, I feel you on that. So uh, we we won't we won't go into any more on that. I think I know. Where, where you're headed there, but uh, I don't, I don't want to do that tonight. So let's have some more fun. We got the Packers and the 49ers on right now. It's a pretty close game considering the 49ers have lost everybody. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, By week teams this week, we got Eagles, Bengals, Browns, and the Rams. Uh, before we move on here, though, let, let me remind you to subscribe to us, follow us on YouTube, Periscope, um, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you watch or listen to us, we appreciate your uh, <clears throat> support. Uh, AJ, interesting news here before we we bring on our guest. Tampa Bay is activating Antonio Brown, and it will play Sunday. What's your thoughts there, man? What do we expect from Antonio Brown? I mean, we saw one game with him last year in with 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 Tom Brady. Granted, totally different offense, totally different team, but hey, they they made it they made it happen last last year. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited for this. Uh, I was very off of the AB train for for quite some time after last year's complete and utter debacle of debauchery and idiocy that he displayed throughout everything. Um, but I did end up grabbing him in Scott Fish. Uh, my, I don't know why he was still sitting there, but. I said, well, whatever. I'm 0-6 or 0-7 <laughs> at the time. I might as well try to do something. So, uh, yeah, I, I actually almost dropped him this week for waivers. And then I was looking. I was like, eh, let me try to see if there's any news on him. And then I saw this news. I was like, and eh, I'm not dropping him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to play a ton. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up finding the end zone within like, you know, the 15 or 20 or so plays that he might get uh, just for the hell of it. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm not expecting a whole lot this week. Uh, next week could be a different story though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I think it'll depend for me if Chris Godwin's healthy, you know, I'm kind of worried about how much, Brady likes to throw the ball around and 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 just spread it around a lot. You know, Scotty Miller has been involved. We've seen a whole lot of people involved, um, and you know, Fournette's now healthy too, and he's he's been catching balls out of the backfield as well. I mean, Rojo as well too. So I mean, just yeah. just a lot of mouths to feed there. I'm, I'm not expecting huge things. Of course, he's going to have a game or two. They're all going to, but yeah. this is what it is there in Tampa Bay. I feel like so. Um, <clears throat> so where uh, our our. Oh, here we go. Breaking news here. Our, our producer, Jeff, says, uh, NFL fines Las Vegas 500,000, coach John Gruden 150K, 
and strips a draft pick. Whoa, for repeat offenses against COVID nineteen protocols. I mean, dropping the bomb with the draft. Oh, I wonder what round okay. the draft pick will be. First, it says it says six <laughs> they have round. seventeen first. Sixth so, round yeah. is is what I'm hearing. So wow. <sighs> It's still, hey, you know what, though? I mean, we've repeatedly seen John Gruden on the sideline, like, with the mask, like, hanging around his chin. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to figure this stuff out. So, all right, well, let's bring our guest on. We, we've we've dilly-dallied enough here in the beginning. So, um, honored to have TJ Hernandez from 4 for 4, the director of DF- DFS over there. How are you doing, TJ? Gentlemen, what's up? I'm doing good. It's, um... We're at the mid midway point already. If you're uh, playing redraft, we're uh, we're over the hump. So uh, excited to be this far, but there's still plenty of action left. Absolutely, my teams are kind of just hanging in there for the most part. Yeah. It feels like this year, like everybody else. I mean, <laughs> just I'm decimated on a, a few teams, but because everybody else is, you're just kind of in the flow. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's good stuff. So uh, we got a big show tonight. But before we get into that, let's do our beer of the week. Mm, Beer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, TJ. Um, I already know you're gonna hate all of all of our beers, uh, judging from your Twitter profile. But uh, <laughs> maybe AJ will surprise me. But uh, you go ahead first as the guest. Got a little uh, Oktoberfest from Linen Kugel. Uh, I, I there's a lot of good local Oktoberfest, but it was getting towards the end of the month, so uh, I was running low. Society in San Diego actually has a really good one, but I just try to stock up on Oktoberfests during the season because it's. Probably one of my favorite styles, so uh, load up on those while I can. All good, all good. AJ, nice. what you got? Uh, I am actually just kicking back with some some sugar-free Red Bull right now. Oh, so yeah. I, I do have that. That is still there, but uh, I'm drinking <laughs> a Clown Shoes Space Cake Double IPA, uh, 9% pint. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, what, what, Where's that from? Clown Shoes is a uh, Boston Mass and cool. Windsor, Vermont. Nice. All right. Uh, I am drinking an Oliver Brewing Company. Um, I'm just going to show the can. <laughs> it's 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 bring the mother effing ruckus. Ruakis. Because Ruakis is one of the one of the hops that's in it, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I'll be honest, I had never heard of Ruwaka's hops before this, um, but it's uh, it's tasty, man. I uh, I got it a few weeks ago, held on to this one, a local brew here in, in uh, Maryland, actually out of Baltimore. So, yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. cheers. Happy Thursday. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so... <clears throat> What we like to start off here with is a little advice column, and I've been doing this all year. Kind of enjoy it. Just a, a little, you know. We know there's all different types of listeners, and and people need all advice we can get, uh, or they can get here. So, 
The topic this week is is when to cut ties with that player that you've had on your bench. You know, the guy, guy maybe it's a running back that you stashed who you thought might be big. There's a lot of them out there, right? Uh, we'll get to a couple of those. You know, it could be a receiver who you think could just be, you know, could just get that one opportunity. It's just something. Like, there's a guy you're stashing. We all have him. Um, when is it the right time to cut bait? And I know it seems like a cop-out answer, but it really depends on your record. If you're, you know, you're seven and one, you're eight and zero, oh, you're even six and two. You can hang on to these guys and maybe wait it out. Maybe you'll get the Miles Sanders end of the year run. You can wait on that. Um, if you're kind of in the, you know, in the middle road and and you're getting hammered by bye weeks or injuries, and look, you you need to cut somebody. That's probably the guy you cut. It is you kind of just have to. This is really all there is to it. Um, if you're in the bottom, hundred percent, you got to cut it. Just go get production anywhere you can at this point, try to squeak into the playoffs. You never know. I've seen teams squeak into the playoffs in as the sixth seed, just get on fire and then win the league. It happens all the time. So I know it, you know, it sounds like a cop-out answer, but it really is the truth. It just depends. And then it depends on the player, right? I mean, look, there were people a couple of weeks ago that were probably trying to cut DeAndre Swift. I mean, he was a guy that people were really hitting. He was drafted semi-early, too. So it was hard to cut him. And I know he was cutting a lot of places, traded. I hung on to him. And, yeah, he hasn't quite lived up to the expectations I was wanting, I was hoping. But he's coming around, and I feel like he's close. Um, and, and another guy, and, and this will kind of piggyback into our next – topic here is uh cam Akers. cam Akers, right you know we all thought he was going to be the guy there the the rams have kind of gone back and forth i don't really know what the rams are doing with cam Akers. they're really not giving him a lot of touches which is kind of shocking but i mean i guess the way henderson and brown are, are playing you really can't um Akers might be one of those guys I'd just be willing to cut bait on him at this point, or if anybody wants to take a chance on him in the league and you know maybe trade him, but good luck. Um, TJ, I'll, I'll go to you here. What's your thoughts on, on this? Like, do you agree, disagree? Any other examples you can give? Um, I mean, I, th- I think you're pr- probably pretty spot on in terms of like evaluating where you're at. Um, obviously, roster size is going to play into it a lot too. Yes. I mean, I'm always looking at at volume first. So, I mean, the, the difference between, um, an AJ green and like a, I don't know, um, a Michael Gallup or something like, even though Michael Gallup had a big target game last week, like AJ's still seen a ton of targets, still seen a lot of air yards. Whereas like before last week, who knows what to think of the, the Cowboys offense Gallup just falling off, falling behind CD lamb, obviously behind Amari Cooper. Um, so, I mean, if, if I have, a receiver who is usually going to be a little harder to evaluate. I think for most people compared to a running back, like if, if running back's getting usage, he's going to be valuable. Um, I'm looking at things like those target scenario. So like mm-hmm. sometimes it takes a long time for that um, regression to hit or, or for the opportunity to turn into actual fantasy points. So I'm going to be more willing to, to stash um, a wide receiver uh, at a D uh, it's a deeper position too. Um, but also, like going back to your example of a Cam Akers, uh, he sp- specifically wasn't a guy that I was on. But like, if you're drafting, say, a J.K. Dobbins or a um, a DeAndre Swift, like 
you should have been going into your drafts thinking like, why am I drafting this guy? I'm not drafting him to start in week one. Like he's, he's a draft and hold. There's players that draft and you want them to hit right away. There's players you're in draft and hold like a Miles Sanders last year. Like I wrote up Deandre Swift going into the season as this year's Miles Sanders, because I think it's going to take second to when you have an Adrian Peterson on the roster, Adrian Peterson is going to be the starter for the first few weeks. That's what we saw. And now we see DeAndre Swift starting to get that workload, finally jump uh, Adrian Peterson in snaps, in touch share. And that probably is just going to be a snowball effect. So if you're like drafting him and then cutting him four weeks in the season, you didn't really go through like the thought process of why you're drafting these players. Obviously, we're all the way to week nine, so it's way beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I mean, but if if you are like on that, like like there might still be people that are making really tough decisions with bye weeks, like with uh, DeAndre Swift, do I hold him? And like those are the players you want to hold. And then um, – Shoot, younger players too. Like these rookies or second year guys, they're typically going to break out later in the season. If they're those unknown assets, I'm going to be more likely to hold than some guy that's that's been in the league for five or six years. If he's not doing it by now, he's not going to do it. Yeah. To to be fair though, with Swift, I will say this: I drafted him before Adrian Peterson was on that team. Everywhere. For sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so like that was a yeah. whole another like wrench thrown in. And as mm-hmm. soon as AP went there, I went. No. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I just kept trying to tell myself, AP won't be involved. AP won't be involved. Oh, damn it. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, even off the bat, like AP, he had like, I think week one, he got a lot of usage, but like he hasn't been like a 60, 70% workload guy. So, I mean, it's like, I think the signs have kind of been there to hold Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I want to add into this too is not necessarily, I mean, in a sense, you're cutting ties with the, with these players, but the guys I'm looking at here are really guys that you you're trading right now mm-hmm. that, that you're just tired of waiting for them. And, you know, Michael Thomas and CMC come to mind cause I own them on one of my leagues and it's just been, it's been horrible. Um, it's returning it, careful. I, I know, <laughs> I know. And it's like, great. Why didn't I do this like three weeks ago? Uh, but you know, that, that's the other, you know, finicky thing with it too. Um, thinking Thomas was going to come back. So I would have had some support, but no, he's still, you know, tweaking hamstrings and doing whatever else. So, you know, that's another thing that I like to look at here. It's like guys that you're just soured on in general, you know, from whatever injury suspension, (laughs) waiting for them to perform. Like we've already talked about. I'm fine getting rid of some of these. The rage drop slash trade in effect here with AJ. (laughs) Oh, it is. And I'm, I'm very, very fickle and very, uh, <laughs> very, you know, trigger happy at, at times. So it's just, I'm, I'm done. Work, you, I get isn't, Ernie, I'm done with you. Isn't this time of year, though, like when people are having that frustration, the perfect time to remind everybody, like supplement your redraft with best ball or play a lot more best ball. Like you don't have to think yeah. about the, you can just draft, you can, for, for a $100 I, investment, you can have an extra, 20 30 teams uh yeah and that takes some of the more best ball in my life all of the the leagues the new leagues that i jumped in this year i think only one of them is best ball (laughs) so i jumped into like four dynasty leagues and i was like you're insane (laughs) i'm in one and that's i don't know i don't know why (laughs) i did what i did but yeah i i reduce my redraft leagues every year and i i there's there i still forget my waivers like a good three or four times a year. How many leagues are you? I didn't even set lineups tonight. I'm, all, like, I'm only I was in, working I'm only, so late. I was like, 
oh crap right as i was turning my computer on, i was like oh yeah there's a game tonight I, I probably should have looked at this a little bit more i i I'm, knew that i was probably going to be busy later <laughs> this week so i i did kind of preemptively set <laughs> some things but uh, yeah whatever i uh, it's too much it's too much i'm down i'm down to three in season management all leagues. right that's way less yeah, than but me. i have like but I have like hundreds of best ball teams. And then obviously I'm playing a ton of DFS, but uh, yeah, I'm in like eight redraft slash dynasty leagues combined, which was up from up from like six last year. Cause I got yeah. invited to, but I'm going to drop it back down. I already, I already know like three leagues I'm dropping next year. Yeah. They're, they're, they're cut bait. AJ and I already know of one. Cause we're in it. Together. Oh yeah. <laughs> the and it's the, the one best ball that I'm in. I'm like, it is, but it's it's still a joke. I want nothing to do with it. Um, it's best ball, but there's uh, waivers, so it's best ball weekly. So I don't set a lineup, but it's still waivers. But it's still a joke. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, like I said, with Cam Akers, that kind of piggybacked into our next topic here, and what I want to get into. It, I, I call it running back carousels. You can call it running back madness if you want like it doesn't matter like there's, there's just so much chaos with the running back position this year um and i know all the zero running back people are gonna go see i told you but you know what literally like this no this is never expected though like <laughs> this is just craziness um uh. <clears throat> but still you know what i will say this there's a lot of receivers up top that aren't doing crap either so hey um <clears throat> but hey so let's start off with the Rams. so the Rams, right cam Akers. You just already said, TJ, that you weren't a huge Acres guy going in. I was because I've seen Brown and Henderson play, and they weren't getting the job done even when they had opportunities. So, like, to have them do what they're doing now is just super unexpected to me. Acres wasn't a big target of mine, like, coming into the NFL draft. Like, I was I was kind of like, eh, whatever came Acres, but I thought the, the opportunity was there for him. And... I thought, okay, he's got to be that, that offensive line there for the Rams has to be better than what he had in FSU. So why not? I'll, I took a chance on him in like one league and it's obviously backfired. I mean, is, is acres ever going to get into the fold here without an injury or, or what? I mean, I, I think the, the biggest indicator that we had had was when he was active and got, back-to-back games of basically zero snaps um, that Daryl Henderson is basically, if he's active, is going to be their guy at this point. Like, obviously, the first few weeks were really ugly, but um, to, to have a no action while you're active is um, a pretty, uh, like, it's pretty telling. Um, so, yeah, I think you need an injury for Akers. Um, I, I said I wasn't big on acres going into the season my my logic didn't prove to hold up because last year the rams had the lowest running back touch share in the league um now they're actually near the top of the league in terms of rushing rate in neutral game script but it's still a situation where i mean last year they were there like Gurley was buoyed by a big touchdown rate um and i i kind of expected like not this extreme of a committee but a committee to some extent so in those situations i kind of just always want the cheapest guy it doesn't always play out that way um but from just a, a drafting standpoint that's kind of how i approach it so i i don't see especially we're so late in the season like if it, if acres does ascend into starting like if you're trading for him or something, are you 
hoping that it happens yeah. like in the playoffs? Like, are you going to, if he, if he starts trending in the right direction, are you just going to randomly start him in the first week of your fantasy playoffs? Like it's going to need to happen really, really fast for you to trust yeah. him. And I just don't see how it happens in the next couple of weeks. I agree, man. With, with, he would have to, it, you know, at least Miles Sanders last year. Like he's the big, he's the best example, most recent example of of success. Right, late season, just boom. Acres isn't getting even half the work Sanders was getting at this point. Mm-hmm. So a- Acres is just like off the radar, in my opinion. And and I definitely like even I'm in a keeper league where I had him as like a round seven keeper possibly, and was like, nope, goodbye. So uh, my keeper probably next year is going to be locking around like five, which is going to be fantastic still. So um, it's going to be okay. Uh, But yeah, it's just one of those, these guys kind of have, have it locked down. Obviously injuries could change things in a heartbeat, but uh, you know, that's two guys he's got to go through to get real, real, you know, real good workload. So AJ, what you got? All right. So the next set we got here is the team that's playing tonight. uh, 49ers. They are without Raheem Mostert. They are without Tevin Coleman, who had just come back and is already back injured again. Um, they're also without Jeff Wilson after he had his blow-up game of not doing a damn thing for my Scott Fish team for multiple weeks, and then I dropped him and he blew up. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, what are, we, what are we seeing tonight so far? I mean, you know, we've got Hasty and we've got McKinnon. So, I mean, of these two guys, I mean, where else are they going to go with it? I mean, th- and this was a team that's just stacked at running back, and they have been for the past few years. And it's just, it seems like it's kind of a hot hand type deal um, because someone's always injured, usually McKinnon. Um, but surprisingly, he's been the one that's yeah. been mostly healthy this year. And Mostert? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, what what do you what are your thoughts on the Niners here, TJ? I mean, I don't like to follow the coaching running back by committee narrative because one of the things I do every offseason is look at coaching staffs and and look at how players are utilized, and it's pretty clear that talent almost always drives touch share. But Shanahan is an extreme case where we just don't have any evidence of him and. He, the last time he had a workhorse was, um, shoot, I, I honestly I can't even remember the last time he had a true workhorse. So like we have this sample size since he's been in San Francisco of just consistently mixing it up. Even when Mostert was having his big second half of the season, he still wasn't breaking a 60% touch share last year. So that's the concern with his team, no matter what, when they were completely healthy, even this year, Mostert, I think he only had one game with like a 70% touch share. So if you're not giving it to your best running back, are you going to give it to your backups? I just, I don't see a situation where any of them break out as like, like I kind of want like, um, a, a rough rule of thumbs, like two field, two thirds of the backfield touches to be like a for sure starter. Yeah. And then on, t- on top of it, we need some kind of positive game script. And with the way the Niners are training with Kittle out with no Jimmy G, even though Jimmy G wasn't playing great. Um, you can't just, I don't expect that they're ever going to be in a great game script where most are really thrive last year when the Niners were just dominating teams that any of the running backs are going to be in the situation where they can dominate games like that. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on the Niners? I mean, this, this, we've mentioned this before and I mean, just cut it short here, but 
this backfield's a mess, even when every you know, even when there's only two guys healthy. Like everybody thought it was gonna be hasty tonight, and it's been McKinnon so far. So like, whatever. <laughs> Good luck, guys. I mean, Mostert's the only one I feel like you can really somewhat trust. If if he's healthy, I think he's the guy you start. If he's not, I don't know who to start. I really don't. And people ask me every week, and I just go, "Sure, start that guy." <laughs> like I literally like I. I've told people on Twitter, like, I really don't know. We're we're yeah. guessing with San Fran because Shanahan will do the complete opposite of what we think, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on here to the Chargers. And, of course, Eckler's out. So, in, in place of him, we've gotten Justin Jackson and, and Kelly here. And a lot of people thought that it was going to be Kelly because of the way he kind of started off the season hot. And, and Jackson looked like he fell behind it. But since Eckler has been hurt, it's been Jackson who's been much better than Kelly. And... But they've also had a few weeks where Kelly's been better, like you know, here and there. So like it's kind of flip flopping from week to week. Is is it easy? like right now? Everybody seems to be back on the Jackson train. I mean, is that what we should be doing, or it, should we just not? Again, it's just more of a Sam Fran thing. Like we don't know every week. What do you think, TJ? Uh, so like one thing that we have to do with these running back committees is we have to deal in smaller sample sizes. Like you're not going to get a four or five week sample size before you jump on a train. It's going to be too late. Everybody's already going to know what's going on. So like we have to hope that these one or two week sample sizes are going to translate into um, bigger workloads. And with Justin Jackson, we saw 45 touch share uh, last week over the last two weeks, 42% touch share. That's not, we want it to be way over 50, but at least it's the team lead. And then we saw um, it wasn't even Joshua Kelly getting the the second most uh, touches last week. It was, God, what's what's their other running back's name? Um, oh, Tremaine Pope. Yes, Tremaine Pope was getting work. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So it's like if if Tremaine Pope is jumping Kelly in workload, then shouldn't that be the indicator that Justin Jackson, at least if somebody's going to run away with it, it's going to be him? And on top of it, like quotes from the coaching staff that's saying – Eckler's gonna be back later than sooner. Like that sounds right. like he might not be playing this year. Like I do rest of season rankings at four for four, and I I was pushing up Eckler. I was keeping Eckler ahead of Jackson just because if Eckler comes back, we know what he is. But now it's I I push Jackson ahead of Eckler for the first time this year because it seems more likely that Eckler's out really late into the season and him coming back soon. And out of all these situations we're talking about. Chargers are an offense that have obviously been very efficient, at least from a fantasy standpoint with Herbert. And that's going to translate to more scoring opportunities from now until the end of the fantasy regular season till week 13, the Chargers have the third easiest running back schedule, the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills, and the Patriots all rank 20th or worst in four for four's uh, schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed. So for going to take a stab on somebody that isn't one of these big name rookies, D- Dobbins or Swift is probably you're not trading for them. I think Jackson is just because I don't think owners are going to let those guys go. Um, Jackson is going to be the one to take a stab at. I'm going to say it now, man. Don't sleep on Troy Man Pope. I got some <laughs> guy got some touches last week and he he did something with it. Um you know he's been around for a little while, and and uh, you know this backfield is just kind of murky without Eckler there. I mean, going into the season, you kind of figured it was going to be Eckler and, and Jackson were going to kind of be Gordon and Eckler. Um, 
but obviously the injury to Eckler changes that uh, uh, a lot. And and Kelly seemed to be getting a lot of traction earlier on. And you know, again, it's that 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 hot hand mentality. I feel like coming in, but uh, you know, Pope Pope had a really nice game last week, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him. You know, get some more touches and and maybe take away from Kelly. I think more than Jackson. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, of of the two, I, I, Jackson's I mean, ten for sixty seven. Man, it was solid. And yeah, they caught five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jackson's still going to be the main bell cow. You know, running back for them. <laughs> so, um, you know, getting the rushing touches at least. Um, but I, I, I like Pope. I mean, I like Kelly too. I think he's got good talent. He's got good upside. It's just a consistency thing for me. So. I, I, I will also say, like a Justin Jackson, you have to put it into context of the season. Like right now, especially with bye weeks going on, a running back that's getting you twelve to fifteen fantasy points is insanely valuable. Oh, yeah. When when running backs just a I don't know if we're cussing on here. If running backs just a it's fine a you shit can. show. When running yeah, backs yeah. a shit show, like you, that is a lot more valuable than the season last season where you have twenty obvious starting running backs. Um, so you should be valuing a Justin Jackson a little more than you might in other situations. Absolutely, yeah. So, and AJ, next team. All right, so next team we got here is our, our hometown team, if you will, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, sure. Neither one of us. Huge Ravens fans, but <laughs> nope. we do follow them. You for your wife and me because I'm here. Uh, Ingram, Mark Ingram's out. Uh, I mean, he hasn't really been doing much anyways. Uh, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins are, are now splitting the work. I mean, do you feel good about starting either of these guys, TJ? Yeah, I feel good about starting J.K. Dobbins because they used draft capital on him. And, and going back to the Miles Sanders example, like he's just looking for that little window to squeeze through. Like just let Ingram get out for a minute and show what I can do. And, and I'm Gus Edwards had a good game too, but getting 113 yards on 15 rushes like that's, they're like, all right, let's, let's let him do work now. And I think that, I mean, we've seen Gus Edwards do well in spot duty. He's not going to overtake the backfield, um, again, kind of going back to my point of when we were talking about like who to cut bait on, this is, this isn't cutting bait, but if I'm going to bet on an asset, am I going to bet on the known like mediocre asset or the young guy that has a chance to explode? It's going to be the young guy that has a chance to explode. And, and yeah. again, back to like the, the running back landscape or are, are you going to, do you want a, a Frank Gore who's going to give you your nine points every week and nothing more <laughs> or like, sure. Like, yeah, he's the starter. Or do you want to take a risk on JK Dobbins? Who's going to like possibly win you the season? I want the season winner. Absolutely. Totally agree there, man. Um, yeah. I mean, this backfield is sort of a mess. It's been kind of hazy all year. I don't know, AJ, if you've got much with it. I mean, we, we've kind of spoken on this before. Like we've even said if, in, in past, like when all three of these guys were healthy, it was like, I can't safely start any of them, but now that Ingram's been out, like you said, and and I feel like now that we've seen a little bit of these other guys like actually outperform Ingram, if Ingram comes back, I don't know how this coaching staff just plugs him right back in. It just seems like they shouldn't, but we've seen weirder things before. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have uh, a couple of, couple of uh, owner shares in Dobbins, um, I may have even reached and picked up Edwards for deep dives on 
teams that I'm super injured on just to have a body in there. But, I mean, I don't love either of them this week. I, I still like Dobbins better, I feel like, than Edwards. Um, but, you know, going forward, I, I think they're uh, – I think it's going to be interesting. So, all right, we can move on to the next one here. Who else we got here? Uh, yeah, next team here real quick is uh, the Broncos. And obviously, you know, this is kind of a two-headed backfield here, man. It's, it's Gordon and Phillip Lindsay, but, dude, when do the Broncos coaches realize that Phillip Lindsay is better than Melvin Gordon? I mean, come on. It, I, everybody watching realizes it. I don't understand. I, I know they gave Gordon the big contract, but win ball games, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, when when your entire backfield's combining for fourteen rushing attempts, I mean, I know that's only a one example, but like, that's just really concerning to me. Um, it's this feels like one of those situations where the answer can be nobody, and it's it's feeling like the Broncos are just kill. I'm I'm with you guys. Like, it should be Lindsey. Um, but man, I. I, I don't have a strong take on it just because I haven't even thought about touching this backfield in any format lately. No, no, I, I, I don't have it. I, I think I've got a Lindsay share somewhere just because I got in super late, but like it's just he's just sitting there <laughs> waiting for a yeah. Gordon injury or something. That's about it. Yep. All right. So the last team we got here then is the G Men. So after Saquon, we've seen Devonta Freeman, we've seen Wayne Gallman, we've seen Deion Lewis. Hell, we've seen Alfred Morris. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how Dude, many touches I, did he have last week? Like eight or nine or something? Too many. Coming was, straight off the streets. I look. I yeah. looked up. I looked up from my couch and was like, "Did they just say Alfred Morris?" <laughs> I, had I had no, no idea, idea that he was even still around in the league or whatever but no idea yeah my my go-to is is talking about the eagles pulling their wide receivers out of the amoroso's bread factory in downtown philly well shit the giants just (laughs) one-upped them there and (laughs) found alfred morris down on the docks in long island doing whatever uh so you know or maybe he's out paying playing uh beth page black over there and (laughs) Like, hey, come on, man. We need some help here. That's a really, really hard course. You should probably find another one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, I have not played it. I only went to watch a uh, U.S. Open years and years back there. Shut up, producer, chef. <laughs> no one cares. We're just bypassing football for a second, talking about smaller balls and clubs. Hey, oh. first place. First place. What? Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> so the G-Men. I mean, what, what are we doing with this backfield? Anything? Passing? They're, yeah, they're not good enough. They're always going to be... I mean, they're, granted, they were up on Tampa Bay last week, but you just have to assume they're mostly going to be in situations where they're losing a lot, I guess, unless they're playing other NFC East teams um, because all of them are bad, but uh, they what we had a fifty percent touch share was the the leader of the backfield last week like we talked about with because Alfred Morris was there um, I I mean if you can't break away from <laughs> from Morris and be the the leader in touches by like a huge margin then obviously it's um it's not going to be useful I mean I I don't know if we have a 
timetable on Devontae Freeman, like two weeks before he got hurt, he was up to 95% of the backfield work. So if, if he is going to be back like that, again, going back to the running back landscape, no matter how bad a team is, anybody that's getting all of the backfield work is going to be super valuable. If you're on a bad team and you're getting 50%, like that's awful. But if you're getting 90% of the backfield work on any team, you're going to be a valuable fantasy Mm -hmm. asset. So, I mean, if Freeman um, comes back and, Gets back to his workload. Sure, he's yeah, he was averaging like fifteen a game, in, yeah, in fantasy leagues. That was like half PPR because that's pretty much all I play. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I feel you totally. Uh, this backfield's untouchable, pretty much. You know, maybe Freeman when he comes back. The team's bad. Everybody. When is bad. he supposed to be back? I don't know. I can't get any news on it. <clears throat> all right, there we go. Jeff said he did individual drills today, so. uh yeah, probably not coming back this week, so maybe next week. But uh, they do get the Washington football team, so you're talking about one of those bad teams again, although the defense is solid there, so yeah, I don't know about yeah, that one. They're, they're scary. Yeah, they, they that front is just... That could actually be a, like, a sneaky, decent game. I, I think I think <clears throat> Slayton and, and, and McLaurin can both have really nice games this week. Yeah. But that's that's wide receivers. That has nothing to do with running backs. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. All right, man. We're going to jump into some injuries here. We'll pause and ask you a couple questions on a few of these guys, but basically we just kind of ripped through these. So the guys we know are that are out, and we've got Andy Dalton on, now on the COVID list. Uh, he was concussion. So Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush time. Yeah, good luck, Dallas. Um, <laughs> Kenny Galladay out with a hip injury. Expected to miss probably way more than this week. Like it sounds bad for him and it's unfortunate. Big news offensive line for the for Baltimore. Um Ronnie Stanley and uh is it Tyree Phillips both out. So that's just massive for them. Like you see these offensive line injuries, you know, we saw Dallas get them and, and it just decimates the team. Um Jimmy Garoppolo obviously we know is out from this game. AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams are out for this game. Who knows how much longer they'll be out. Uh well Garoppolo's out at least four to six weeks. Sorry. Um, Gardner Minshew, um, thumb injury had like pins and stuff inserted into his thumb. So he, he's out at least week nine. Who knows? Yeah. Fracture and limit damage. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's, he's done for a little while. I feel like George Kittle fractured foot out at out eight weeks. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the season, right guys? (laughs) Well, I did see a report today, like, like right before the Niners game started. I don't know the medical terminology, but whatever the fracture is on his foot, they're saying, hold him for the fantasy playoffs. It's not whatever, whatever bone it is. It's the least major. Thankfully in every league I have him in, I have an IR spot. So at least, at least one, especially this year, he expanded them so I can stash him, but. So we it's, we kept we kept George Kittle on in the four for four rest of season rankings. We didn't take him out of it. Um, I mean, I, I just think he he's a kind of player where like if you are in fantasy contention and you make it through, even if it's championship week, he's a type of player you take the risk and just play him coming fresh off of an injury. Absolutely, in, in your championship Cause tight ends because yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you just play, you just do. You don't find number one, number two tight ends in all of fantasy just sitting out there usually. But we'll get questions. If he comes back week 16, we'll get questions. Do I play him in my championship? 
And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care who's the quarterback you're playing him. I mean, if he's active. How, he was injured, what, was it either last year or two years ago? And he just he just still played through it and dominated. He was just yeah. such a Wasn't stud. it the New Orleans game when he, like, and then he had that massive stiff Yeah, fight. he just doesn't, he doesn't care. Yeah, man. So, uh, moving on here, you know, obviously we know Tevin Coleman and Debo are out. We're watching this game. They're gone. Uh, Miles are we Gaskin. watching this after turnaround? You guys are watching Maybe. it. It's, 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 I, not I'm super like... exciting. I'm not going to lie. Miles Gaskins, it is It is a 21-3 game. Miles Gaskins sprained MCL out at least the next three games. Uh, so, that's a tough blow there. More running backs. We got Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain. Questionable, but it sounds like he's coming back. He's getting some work, looking good. I want to ask you, TJ, what do you think about Davis's value with CMC coming? I mean, Davis was good for the first like four weeks, and then the last couple of weeks, he's been not so good. But I feel like he got to has he had to have earned some playing time, even with Christian McCaffrey there. Yeah, I, I put out, like, I think it was in week four or something, like, is does Christian McCaffrey drop down to, like, an 80% work share guy instead of a 95% <laughs> work share guy? Um, I mean. So, like, even if he, like, that's still in, insanely high, obviously. It's it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but kind of not. But I think with what we saw over the last couple of weeks, um, I think Christian McCaffrey just goes back to being Christian McCaffrey. I, I, I thought Mike Davis was going to at least cut into it a little bit with how good he was playing for that short stretch. But it, it seems like that was maybe fool's gold a little bit. Yeah. Um, if, if Christian McCaffrey's full health, I, I mean, I don't see a situation where Mike Davis is getting a quarter of the backfield work. And if he's getting less than that, he's just not going to be fantasy viable. Yeah. I think he's still a stash guy. Like, because you never know with these guys that come back from injuries like sure. this, you know, sure. you could re-injure real quick or re-injure something else really quick. And then Davis sure. becomes right back in RB one territory. Um, but he'd be one of those guys that we were talking about before where like, if you're in dire straits and you need bodies, you need points. Maybe he's a guy you cut after a week and yeah. we see he's not getting nothing. Yeah. So, um, quickly to move on from him, I would say. Uh, Chris Carson, questionable with a foot. Uh, apparently, he will test it on Friday, so we will find out uh, tomorrow. Mark Ingram, questionable with an ankle. Did not practice. Seems unlikely to play, sounds like. Obviously, we know Aaron Jones is active today. Uh, <clears throat> we got more Seattle news. Travis Homer. And Carlos Hyde, both questionable. They did not practice today. Uh, we've got expand my window here. Um, <clears throat> see, we got Kenyon Drake, questionable. Uh, he's likely to still miss a few weeks. Day to day, you know, for week nine, did not practice today. Jonathan Taylor, this was a big like shocker last week. Like, got limited touches. Everyone was kind of wondering what the hell happened, and then apparently it came down with an ankle injury. So he's questionable. Was limited in practice, so uh, I mean, <clears throat> how much are we? <clears throat> excuse me, how much are we buying into like this ankle injury is going to hold him back, and Wilkins is going to just be the guy again? Although Wilkins is kind of in the air too, so who knows? I mean, if if Wilkins is active and Taylor is out, that's we saw Wilkins get a um, 
it was a dominant touch here, 21 touches. It wasn't like like a lot of times you can be hesitant about those situations where, sure, they scored twice, but it was on 30% of the backfield work or something. Someone's getting 21 touches. Um, they're in a good situation. I mean, they're against Baltimore this week. Is that right? So that's yep. probably not going. Yes. You're not going to be excited about it, but you're, you're going to you're gonna start him if he's getting that kind of workload. Um, I mean, he's. I, I don't think he's going to do what he did last week, but if Taylor ends up being out for a few weeks, Wilkins is going to be a plug-and-play. Yeah. Um, moving on here, Zeke is questionable with a hammy. Didn't practice today. I, I don't. I couldn't find a whole lot about how serious that was. It might just be like it feels stiff or something. I don't know. Uh, and then Matt Breida. So we obviously know Gaskins is out. Matt Breida is apparently questionable with a hamstring. He didn't practice today. So Jordan Howard, fire him up, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, AJ, finish no. it up here. Oh, yeah, no. DeAndre Washington, I forgot they signed him. Thanks, Jeff. I forgot. Or, uh, sorry, I, I, I don't know what they're doing I, over there. I, I, I do randomly still have Jordan Howard in a dynasty league that I'm in where I traded of and got totally do. gashed on that. <laughs> how trade. is it? How is it not our Laird and Savior, Patrick? Oh, it should be. It should be. I mean, I, and I did have him in that league too, randomly, and dropped him early in the season because it's like eh, this guy's never going to play. Well, <laughs> that was stupid. Um, all right, so let's jump into receivers here. The the probably the biggest name on here that we have as far as new injury would be Calvin Ridley. Uh, he suffered a mild foot sprain last Thursday. Um, he is questionable right now. He did not practice. Uh, we got Tim Patrick with a hamstring injury. He is questionable and limited. Uh, Michael Thomas, the bane of my existence, who I mentioned earlier, ankle, hamstring, suspension, arguing, stupidity, I don't know, questionable, limited practice. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's got a groin injury. He's questionable, did not practice. Uh, Jameson Crowder and Brashad Perryman are both questionable. We got a groin with Crowder and a concussion with Perryman. Uh, looks like Crowder did not practice. Um Perryman is still TBD, I guess. Um, Nikhil Harry is also dealing with a concussion, and he is questionable. So with that in mind, TJ, Jacoby Myers kind of has been coming out of the woodwork here the past few weeks. Uh, we saw Edelman go down. Um, he's now on the IR. Harry has been dealing with ticky-tack injuries seemingly all season. I mean, both him and Edelman. Now Edelman's officially out i mean are you buying into myers or bird or any any of the receivers on this offense and they also did just trade for uh isaiah ford Isaiah ford go hokey vt baby <laughs> um <laughs> I, so I, here here so here's 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 the problem like you have to look at J- Jacoby Myers. People are going to see that he saw 10 targets last week and be like, okay, he's the number one with those injuries. The problem is that accounted for 50% of the team targets. Like that's a good indicator that he's going to be the number one. But if the Patriots are only throwing 20 times a game in a spot where like the Bills defense has been getting gashed, if he's not going to maintain a 50% target share, no matter how many people are injured. So if that drops down to 30%, 
if they're only throwing 20, 25 times a game and those targets aren't high quality targets, Cam hasn't been good this year. And like at all, the only time he's been good as a fantasy player is uh, he had one big passing game. And then without rushing, he just isn't good at throwing the ball right now. They're very low quality targets. This just isn't a good offense right now. So, I mean, sure, maybe he'll be a 25% target share guy, but that might be only five or six targets a week. Um, so there just isn't there isn't any upside in this offense right now. Yep, yep. Agreed. Um, all right. So moving on, we still got Sammy Watkins. Uh, he's still limited at practice dealing with a hamstring injury. He is questionable. Uh, Brian Edwards, who I believe missed last week, is dealing with a foot and ankle injuries. He's questionable and was limited. Chris Godwin uh, still dealing with concussion. He's questionable right now, limited practice. Um, last I saw on it, he was quote-unquote 50-50 for week nine. Um, but with uh, Antonio Brown coming back, they may give him another week to just kind of relax and get get 100%. Um and then uh, another ad we had on here, Anthony Miller uh, did not practice with a toe injury. <laughs> so, I, is Miller is Miller uh, something you want to you want to? We'll say we'll save that one. We have we have sleepers coming up. All right, <laughs> all right. So uh, <laughs> tight end, we've got Jimmy Graham, another Chicago man down. Uh, he's dealing with knee and hammy issues. He's questionable, did not practice. And Jordan Aikens is dealing with ankle and concussion. He was a full participant in practice, so likely he will play. Um, yeah, he's coming so back. That's that's kind of the big thing. Uh, did anybody mention? I missed the whole quarterback thing. Did you mention Stafford going on the COVID oh, list? Oh no, because you know what? I, yes, my quarterback list got like cut off for some reason on my screen. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. The guys. Uh, Stafford. Well, there was on the no, COVID no, list. there's nothing in it. I didn't put anything in it because it's like, hmm. Well, there's no quarterbacks injured that aren't already out. So, okay, we're good. And then, of course, as soon as I'm done with this and hit close, it's like, oh, by the way, Matt Stafford. Yeah, Son Matt Stafford. He's, hey, there's a possibility if he tests negative. I guess he'll before Sunday he'll play. So, yeah, yeah it's got to be five. Um, and it wasn't like he tested positive. He was like, no. Trace contractor, whatever. So yeah, he he could play, but without Galladay, it's gonna be that's tough for him, man. He does not perform well without Galladay. It feels like so. All right, let's get into our week nine picks, CJ. Um, so what we do here, we do quarterback, running back, receiver, both sleeper and bust. Uh, we've got our threshold. We sent it to you beforehand, but just to explain to everybody, sleeper quarterback. Is anybody above 15 or, or 15 or above, I guess, in the Fantasy Pros ECR as of probably earlier today? You can go first. Um, I mean, my guy is, is Drew Locke. Uh, this game is set. It's, I, I wouldn't say a sneaky shootout because the over-under is 50. I think it's going to be overshadowed because we have a lot of really um, high-scoring games, high-scoring teams 
uh, we, we have two defenses that have been thrown against at top 10 rates in neutral game script. Atlanta's allowed the most 300-yard games this year with six, and their secondary is one of the worst in the league, and the Broncos' best receiver, Jerry, Jerry Judy, is going to be matched up with Kendall she- Sheffield, who you can argue is the worst cornerback in the league. Atlanta's, <laughs> really, Atlanta's really bad against tight ends, and Denver has two very good tight ends in Noah Fan and Alberto. So I, I really like Drew Locke to um, break the top 10 this week. Shoot, maybe even top five. This is I think this could be a really big back-and-forth game. Drew Locke is... 17th yeah, in ECR, so just outside the top 15, but uh, in a fantastic spot against the Falcons this week. Yeah, I, I also had Locke. Um, so who you got, Joe? Yeah, that was going to be mine, but I saw AJ had it written <laughs> down, and so I moved to somebody different. And, and it was tough. There wasn't a whole lot of guys outside the top 15 I like, yeah. but I went different with Teddy. Uh, I mean, it's a tough matchup. I get it, but like they're going to have to pass a ton to keep up and like how many times have we seen a bad team with a, you know, at least an average quarterback make something happen in fantasy. And that's all we care about right now. He's going to have to pass a ton and he's get his best weapon back. And I get it. It's a running back, but come on, it's Christian McCaffrey. He's going to catch 10 passes, right? So it could work out for Teddy. Um, it, I still, I, I agree hundred percent with you guys on Drew Locke though. That was hundred percent where I went. And then I looked at the sheet and went, uh, okay. <laughs> All right, running back. Anybody outside of the top twenty-four? Um, I love Zach Moss. Last week was his first game over fifty percent snap share. He had his highest yardage total of the season, um, over eighty rushing yards. It's it's kind of a split, but this is a game, another game that's that's really going to shoot out. A lot of people are going to be on both passing games, um, and for good reason. I mean, Seattle secondary has has been atrocious, but. If you're if you are a running back in an efficient offense, that means you're gonna have more opportunities to be near the goal line. And we saw him score twice last week. He's getting the goal line work. He's the the antithesis of Devin Singletary. He, he actually scores touchdowns. So if <laughs> if Zach Moss is getting that work in a offense that I think finally starts to bounce back, um, my Bills finally bouncing bouncing back this week. Then and the crazy thing, like. I thought for sure that because I've been waiting for this matchup all season. I've been on Josh Allen. I can't wait for Josh Allen to play Russell Wilson. After the way they've played, I was like, oh, the Bills are going to be seven-point underdogs. They're only underdogs by three points. They could, win the, they could win this game. Um, and if if that happens, and Zach, Zach Moss has two touchdown upsides. So I, I think Zach Moss is – I think he's a really nice play this week. I like that pick. AJ, what you got? All right, so I'm looking at my boy, Troy Main Pope. We already <laughs> talked about him earlier. 10 for 67 rushing, 5 for uh, 28 receiving on 7 targets. And, I mean, that's against a tough Denver defense. So yeah. I think at this point he, he could potentially be uh, surpassing Kelly as the RB2 for L.A. But, uh, you know, he's the guy I like this week. I think he's going to double double down. So I'm going with Gus Bus, man. Uh, I, you know, look, I know we just talked about Dobbins taking over this backfield a little bit more, but and, and I get it. He had more yards last year. He looked more explosive. I get all that. But Gus Bus ain't going away. I mean, this, this team has not 
you know, not had a split backfield all season long. And I don't think after one game from Dobbins, he goes over 100. They're just going to go, nah, it's all you, Dobbins. Gus is going to be involved. They This coaching staff likes him a lot. And, look, it's going to be a tough game with Indy for sure. Lamar has been struggling off and on all year, passing deep downfield. He's been inconsistent. He's he's made the fantasy. <clears throat> he's had some fantasy points, you know, because he, he'll hit like one or two deep ones and he'll run for a bunch. But like overall quarterback play from him has not been good this year. So they're relying on this run game with him included. Uh, and so Gus is going to get his and he's like 36, I feel like. And so he was way down on the list. I feel like he can overachieve that by a lot. So uh, receivers, TJ, anybody outside the top 36? Darnell Mooney, uh, five plus targets in every game since week three. Six, at, like least six, at least six. <laughs> at least six targets. true state. I didn't even I know will, Jeff was on Darnell Mooney. Uh, I'm just kidding. But but like on top of it, like not just the the consistent volume. Like it's not high volume, but it's it's consistent. But deep threat, thirty three uh thirty three percent of the air yards on only fifteen percent of the targets over the last month. The Titans are the only defense that ranks in the bottom ten and schedule adjusted points to every single skill position. And then we just talked about uh the the limited practice for Anthony Miller. So uh Mooney's in a good spot this week. I mean Foles isn't going to connect on a lot of those deep balls but man Mooney I, I think yes, Mooney is he a will. he's in a bite blow your up tongue. <laughs> bite your tongue young man <laughs> I'm just kidding dude anyway, Big AJ, Dick Nick connects on everything he wants to unless it's batted down or you know he gets sacked or something <laughs> but all right so uh <laughs> moving on uh receiver <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm going Jacoby Myers because I, that's who I wrote down yesterday. Um, I feel really horrible making this pick now that you just pointed out a lot of things about him <laughs> sucking. Uh, and, well, TJ's really Cam sucking. Us, by the way, AJ. I, I know that. I know that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, it was between, for me, it was between Myers and, uh, and actually Marvin Hall. But, Again, that was before I heard the Stafford news. So I I don't know. Either one could be a crapshoot this week because Cam does suck and uh, Stafford may not even play. So whatever. One of those two might have a decent game. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it was tough to pick somebody pretty far down. I went with KJ Hamler and look, this is going to honestly switch switch to Tim Patrick in a heartbeat if he's healthy. But uh, I feel like if Tim Patrick is out, KJ Hamler's in a great spot to, uh, you know, against this Falcons. And and again, you guys like Drew Locke. I like Drew Locke this game. Everybody likes picking on the Falcons. So why not KJ Hamler in a sleeper spot here? So um, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. So um, bust quarterbacks. Anybody inside the top 12? TJ, you're up. Um, I mean, Inside the top, Lamar is the easy one just because he's been playing so bad. But I, I want to give a little harder one. Uh, Justin Herbert, just because, like all of these top twelve running backs are actually in really good spots this week. Except, like, obviously we've seen Lamar struggle a little bit. But Herbert is there's like um, 
it's a really big push and pull this week because Herbert's been playing super efficiently and Chargers have been playing pretty fast paced. But if you look at their splits, they've actually run at a pretty high rate in neutral game script. And the Raiders are, they run almost as much as anybody. And if Gruden has the choice, he's going to actually slow this game down. The Raiders played a really slow pace. And again, looking at like that, the high total is going to have people very excited about a shootout, but the spread's only one and a half. So if, if it's really close and the Raiders can control the pace of the game, Herbert might not have the opportunities that he's had in the last few weeks. Granted, the Raiders are a really bad defense, but if we're looking at range of outcomes of these players in the top seven or eight quarterbacks, I know we're talking about top 12, but I mean, just these these really high-end guys, uh, the Chargers probably have the highest range of outcomes because of the Raiders' slow pace out of all these quarterbacks like cutting it off at Tom Brady. I thought about him. I did not go him, but I, I thought about him. AJ, what you got? Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. I went with Tannehill because Bears' defense is solid yeah. against opposing quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, I guess Tannehill. Simple as that. For sure. I mean it. He's, I mean, he's been decent this year, and he's had some really good games and and you know been efficient. But the Bears just shut everybody down. So. Yeah, he's he's I, my pick for this week. He I was, would play Drew Lock over ten. I would play Drew Lock over Tannehill this week. Oh, like yeah. not even a, not even a question. Yep. Yeah, I've got Tannehill down to like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. So it's he. I'm surprised his ECR is that high. Uh, my bust again. I just kind of picked somebody different. I I wanted to pick Lamar also since I saw AJ took Tannehill. But I went Josh Allen. I mean, you're talking about another struggling quarterback with Lamar. It's just it's Josh Allen. Uh, I mean. It, he's I'll, leave even, this, I'll leave this podcast right sorry now. man but he's struggling <laughs> even against good teams at least fantasy wise like they're winning games so fine but no, like for sure he's struggling against good team like bad defense Tennessee yeah. the Jets yeah the Jets he threw for 300 yards but he didn't score so like fantasy guys he's not helping you so um, he does have John Brown back that's a huge deal it is like, it John is Brown huge... hasn't been 100% um, I will say that like like my whole the, one of the reasons I was on Josh Allen was because of the duo at wide receiver. Yes. So I, I think they can get back on track a little bit because of that. I, I, hey, I'm hoping I've, I own him in three leagues. So, cause he just dropped in leagues and I was like, uh, thank you. And just picked him up and yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, but man, it's been a, it's been a bad, like four weeks. It feels like with him, yeah. not bad, but not what you were hoping. He had mm-hmm. Eclipse 20. So it's crazy right. how spoiled we get so fast. I know. <laughs> I knew the hot start wasn't going to keep going, but I thought maybe he could crack 20 a few times more. But anyway, uh, anybody inside the top 20 for running backs, CJ? Um, I mean, this again, I kind of wanted to go with uh, something a little more more bold. Uh not a ton of analysis, but Chase Edmonds, just for the simple fact that Kyler could steal the touchdowns from him. Um, it's in a situation where I think he is actually going to get a lot of receiving work because of Miami's pass rush. But I mean, we've seen it all year. Kyler was doing it to, uh, to Kenyon Drake. So why doesn't he do it to chase Evans? So chase Evans could like legit have a hundred total yards. And if he doesn't score, it's not that great of a fantasy game. So, I mean, I think if that is the, if that's how it plays out, if he has a hundred total yards and doesn't score, that's a bust for the seventh guy in ECR. All right. Yeah. All right. I uh, I'm going Antonio Gibson here. Um, you know he only racked up 55 yards on 13 touches against the Giants in Week Six, 
Uh, G-Men held both Fournette and uh, RJ2, I guess we can call him, Ronald Jones, <laughs> in check uh, Ro- on no. Monday night. Rojo. Yeah, Rojo. Ro no. Yeah. <laughs> Row Y. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I mean, the Giants defense is still pretty good against opposing running backs. And, and Gibson's really only had last week as his final breakout performance. So I think he might come back down to earth a little bit. Um, that's my pick. Yeah. Hey, real quick before my running back, we got a question that I have all these guys, four guys within like five spots. He needs two PPR flex: Swift, Claypool, DJ Moore, or Justin Jefferson. TJ, who are your two? Swift, Claypool, DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson. Um, <laughs> Swift and DJ Moore. AJ, I'm definitely on Swift. Yeah, I, I gotta go Swift. What, what was DJ Claypool, Moore and who else? DJ Moore and Jefferson. I was actually with TJ here. I mean, those are my top two, so I guess I'll just do it. But yeah, <laughs> it's like Jeff- Jefferson's close. Yeah, I mean, they're all right there. They're all within. Jefferson like five was going to be my go-to. I... Yeah, you, yeah, you're, I'll go you're fine Jefferson. with all of them. By the way, <laughs> yeah. anyway, um, my running back. I mean, it feels easy at this point, but Zeke. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah no thanks. Uh, running back, receiver inside the top twenty, inside the top twenty-four is a bust. Oh, CJ out. Right. Well. You have really good timing with your questions because my bust is Chase Claypool, <laughs> who you just included in our question. All right. Um, I mean, every uh, three out of the four games that Deontay's played at least 70% of the snaps, he's seen 10-plus targets. Uh, we've seen Juju get a quarter of the targets in the last two games. Uh, so I think those guys are going to continue their volume in this spot, Claypool. Uh, is he's a popular play because we've seen him have the big plays, but this is a diluted target share on the Steelers, and they're going to be in a spot where um, they're definitely in a position to score a ton of points, but in those spots where those points are going to go in a spread out target share, um, it, it's really going to be hard to predict. So I don't, want, I can't confidently project anybody as the one right now in that offense. So whoever is the highest, I, I think is, I mean, you is the easiest to choose as a bust. And then of course, Connor can steal all the touchdowns. Yeah, that's true. AJ, and who you got? I didn't even mention Ebron. Um, I'm just going DJ Moore. So also a fairly good uh, timing with the question there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had a, Terrible, terrible outing last week against such a beatable defense in Atlanta. Um, and he goes to a tough matchup in Kansas City this it week. Is. You know, he went two for 55. Not going to do it. You know, six targets is nice, but you can't catch four of them. You're not, you're not helping your teams. Yeah, or in case he doesn't give up the deep ball, which is scary. Nope. That's his yeah. game. So, all right. Mine's Hollywood Brown. Yeah, we, we've mentioned it before. Lamar's been struggling. Uh, Hollywood's big boomer bust guy, and he's been more bust than boomer this year. Colts, obviously, a tough, tough defense. So, I'm passing on, on Hollywood Brown this week if I can. <clears throat> uh, over to our tight end streaming, we do uh, the Yahoo ownership percentages here. And anybody in. Less than fifty percent, or fifty percent or less owned in in Yahoo leagues. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go really deep. You guys mentioned him on the um, 
on the injury report, but it looks like Jordan Akins is coming back. I mean, this is an offense that's going to be in a really good spot against a Jacksonville team that's bad on defense. They can't rush the passer. They can't cover wide receivers. So Deshaun Watson's been on fire, 300 yards in four straight games, multiple touchdowns in four straight games. So if he's has a lot of touchdown opportunity at this point, the tight end position is so thin that even if you get, 30 yards and a score from your tight end like that's a pretty damn good week and yeah we, we saw Aikens early in the season um like he, he's going to get some end zone targets so if if deshaun watson is balling uh might as well get his pass catchers yeah i had him like queued it. up as one of mine but go ahead aj all right i'm going with uh mr philly special himself trey burton <laughs> um I'm sticking with the tight end going against Baltimore defense this week because it actually worked for me for once last week when I picked Ebron. I was a little high on the yardage, but I told you he would get in the end zone, and he did. So Burton, is a, he's a goal line threat now with uh, two rushing touchdowns and back-to-back weeks as the Wildcat <laughs> quarterback for Indy. I mean, we've seen what he did in the Super Bowl as a quarterback. So, <laughs> you know. Roll the dice and uh, enjoy Trey Burton this week. Yeah, I mean, it's scraping the bottom of the barrel here, but Logan Thomas, I mean, hey, he scored two two weeks in a row, playing the Giants, they're not a good D, so why not? Uh, defenses, same thing, man, 50% less or owned. I can't, I, I was really surprised. I guess they haven't been playing well, but the Vikings were, like, didn't, get uh, their ownership percentage bump off the first uh, wave of waivers, but they're way down there. Vikings, they were favored by four going into the week. Now, if Stafford doesn't play, I would assume that line moves to like seven or something like that. Detroit's one of the worst uh, offenses in terms of adjusted uh, sack rate, according to football outsiders. And even though they haven't been throwing a ton, they're still top 12 in neutral passing rate. So Vikings, if they're, uh, they're big favorites and Detroit is down Stafford and Galladay, Vikings are a really good streamer. Nice. Yeah. I know like people it. have picked him up in a couple of my leagues. So AJ, who you got? All right. I'm going, uh, I'm going with Houston this week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they yeah, had their like best that. game of the season in Jacksonville or against Jacksonville in week five. Uh, it was the second highest point total, according to the Yahoo League that we follow, given up against Jacksonville opponents. Uh, I think it was like 12 points or so was their their worst given up, and they had nine or so for Houston. You got a rookie quarterback potentially in Jake Luton. Uh, he's going to be on his back early and often. I, I just I just think Houston's going to dominate this game on on all facets. So Jacksonville's all line is atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anything, like maybe Jacksonville scores a couple of times, but they're going to get sacked a ton. So it's yeah. going to be bad fumbles. They're going to get it. They, oh, yeah. Houston defense is going to be a good one. I, that's the one I wanted to pick, but I did pick the giants, even though I just said Logan Thomas is my tight end streamer, but like, look, the giants are horrible, but they put up 14 points against this team last time, just two weeks ago. AJ, you've got Gibson as your bust running back. So, like, the stars yep. are aligning again, maybe. I don't know. It's just, it feels like just a crappy, crappy, low scoring, turnover ridden, sacked ridden game. It's just like, ugh. I don't want anything to do with this game. Division teams, just defense is all I really want to play. Logan Thomas is like a desperation tight end play. Hopefully, you've got somebody better, but we know people don't sometimes. So. All right, man, uh, TJ, we are close on time, but I think we got it. Um, 
We uh, <laughs> glad to have you on. Uh, not that everybody watching doesn't know who you are already, but you know, remind them where they can find you and stuff. Yeah, on Twitter at TJ Hernandez, everything is um, at four for four. Uh, we do a Discord uh, if you play DFS, a subscriber-only Discord every Saturday, and that's been really, really fun and and really useful for our users. I think so. If you're looking for uh, some really like late week DFS advice, hop in there. It's been awesome. Cool, cool. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, enjoy the rest of your night, man. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, all right. thanks, sir. All right, AJ. That's uh, that's all I've got. I'm gonna wrap it up. I'm good, man. Yeah, I don't have anything else other than I uh, cracked open a uh, double duck pin from Union Craft Brewing in Baltimore, uh, double IPA, and it's about empty. So. Another IPA <laughs> for for TJ to to rag on us about. So it's all good. All, all right, right, man. Boys. Have a good one, guys. Later, guys. All right, later, man. And he's out.